This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we've got a goal, and that goal is to provide really good information to our local market, to our listeners. And, and we want to give real facts, real stats about what's happening locally. Things may be different in Michigan or Wisconsin, but here in the Central Valley, it's real estate is a local business. And uh, to help me out with that today, I have somebody that I've known for a long, long time although he's relatively new to real estate. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, it's J.P. Shamshoyan. He's the CEO of Realty Concepts. And um, I went to work there 26 years ago. You were just uh, a punk kid. I was just going to say, it may feel like I'm, I'm relatively new to real estate because in, the, in relation to how long the two of us have known each other, the, the 13 years that I've been working in real estate seems like the blink of an eye. But uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be 13 years uh, coming up this year, and I just can't believe how time has flown. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been a great journey, that's for yeah. sure. And in those 13 years, you started off, uh, your your dad yep. made you uh, work the trenches. Yeah, yeah. No, I sold for five years before ever, uh, before ever getting involved with any kind of uh, leadership in the company, and uh, I think that time was invaluable. I mean, I... I learned so much about, uh, well, two, two big things. First, I learned what it was like to be a realtor. And I got to tell you, uh, there's some high highs and low lows in the, in the life of a realtor. But more than that, you know, I, I got a crash course in the, uh, psychology and emotions of, of buyers and sellers and, you know, understood a lot more than I otherwise would have about, you know, what it feels like to have your house on the market or to be out searching for, for homes. A big difference though, and I know that this is one of the things that we're going to talk about today. I was selling back in 2009, 10, 11, 12, and 13, and uh, my have times have changed. It's uh, uh, I, I've never, I've actually never been on a listing appointment when I could go to a seller and say, You won't believe how much equity you have in your house. So it, uh, it's probably a little bit more fun to sell real estate these days than when I was out there actively selling. I don't know if fun would be the right word, <laughs> well, <fair enough. laughs> it, it's cer- but to, to your point, it's certainly different Yep. yep. And, and maybe only one word different. Um, when you said you won't believe how much equity you have, we would add one word back in 2009. Negative equity. You wouldn't believe how little equity. Oh, you yeah, have. Fair, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, and I remember one of your very first sales. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but you came to me with an escrow problem. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, God, how do I get out of here? This guy's got himself in a doozy. I uh, I do remember that. And you gave me great advice and got me out of there. And uh, I mean, you saved my tail on that. That was one, if I remember right, where the guy wanted to come in with all cash, uh, actually dollars, to uh, escrow? Yes, yes. He uh, he did not have a very positive relationship with the IRS, maybe, potentially. and We don't uh, know his, his motivation. We don't know the motivations, but whatever it was, we were able to pull off a sale uh, with uh, actual 
uh, legal tender dollar bills. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I got myself into and out of a fix. So, yeah. Uh, I, you're I, welcome very much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, God, I don't even remember what my advice was. Uh, I I don't know that we should talk about it, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't tell you to take the cash and go to Mexico. Oh, no, never, 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 never. All right. Never. Anyway, one of the things I really enjoy about JP is um, I listen to you many times, and you always have an interesting take on the numbers. Mm. And um, so I want to do that again today. And for our listeners, if you remember all the way back to last week, we had Steve Flash, the 2022 president of the Fresno Association of Realtors, on there and we went over some numbers we'll do different ones today well some of them will be the same but it'll be a different take and, and that's what i'm after because numbers represent something different to everybody yeah yeah and you know steve's a great friend of mine and and uh i have all the respect in the world for his business acumen but uh, i always laugh a little bit when people you know sometimes you'll hear people wax poetic about uh, about numbers because, you know, the numbers never lie. The numbers never lie. I think that, uh, folks who believe that are naive. I mean, most of the time you can, you can read a lot of different things into the same stats. Uh, and if you can't, then all you have to do is maybe change one parameter to get a stat to say, uh, you know, to tell the story that you want. So, uh, I'm, I, I think it's good to get different perspective from different people uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, numerical sets and things like that. And so I'm excited to be here today. It yeah. should be a good topic. And for our listeners, remember, a lot of this, uh, the thing about numbers, it's the trend that right. I think matters the most, not the actual number. Um, I recently read something about interest rates, how they were climbing, and, uh, you know, people have missed the opportunity. Mm. And yet when you actually look at them, yes, the, the, the trend is upwards, but barely. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, the other important thing about those trends is, you know, you can take our interest rate stats uh, and we'll use that as an example because it's a perfect example, but you can take those uh, a lot of different ways. We were talking about the, uh, about this exact topic this morning uh, at our sales meeting and, and, uh, one of our lenders said, well, you know, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of borrowers who feel like they, uh, who feel like they may have missed the boat. And I said, well, if they feel that way with rates where they are today, imagine how they're going to feel with rates where they might be in nine months, you know? Uh, so, you know, on anything you've got to take, you know, you've got to make an educated guess as to what it's going to be uh, and then take the reality of what it is today and, and you know, make an informed decision. But um, but anyways, I'm excited to talk about uh, I'm excited to talk about the the stats that we're talking about today because 2021 was an incredible year. It was. And I want to go back to 2009. There was ninety four hundred sales mm -hmm. in Fresno County, mm -hmm. according to our fresno multiple listing service i think i had five of them so i really hit it out of the park that year <laughs> all right <laughs> i'll bet your wife was looking at you like hey aren't you gonna bring some uh bread and butter home she uh she was getting her teaching credential we had a lot of top ramen dinners that night uh or that that year i should say all right 
So 9,400 sales in 2009. Interest rates were like 6.5%, maybe 7% in some cases. And this year, 2021, or I guess it's not this year, but the previous year, we had nine more sales, just barely over 9,400. And yet the interest rates were predominantly in the twos. Yep. So it's not always about one thing. No, no, it's not. Uh, and you know, the, I just remember those times back in 2009 and it was such a, uh, you know, Don, it feels weird telling this story, but, uh, but what the heck, if you can't share the truth with a couple thousand of your friends, what's the point? But, uh, I remember back then I had a very hard time selling real estate because I just graduated from college and I thought, man, uh, I don't really believe in the product that I'm selling. You know, I, everyone was losing their houses around me, and I thought, I don't, I don't know about going out and you know taking buyers out right now. Who knows what the future holds? And I had this real kind of ethical quandary that I found myself in. And I look back, and the folks who bought their house in 2009 have so much equity, and I feel like such a moron for not, be, you know, if I were really acting in my client's best interest way back then, I would have been pushing them as hard as I could to get out and buy, 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 you know? So it just goes to show you, you can never, you know, you can never really fully predict. We're all slaves to the moment, you know? So uh, so we think that uh, that whatever's happening today is what's going to happen tomorrow. It never really works that way, so. That, that's right. With that, hold those thoughts, because we're going to go to our first commercial break, but when we get back, we got more of them. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have J.P. Shamshoyan. He's the CEO of one of the larger companies here in the Central Valley, a privately owned company, family owned, and that's Realty Concepts. And um, nice to have you here, J.P. I'm thrilled to be here. I, I, uh, I love getting to spend this time with you. So thank you for having me. All right. Actually, I, I love this too. I, I've got to know some of the best people by hosting this radio show. Um, and I hope that reflects to our listeners. I hope they can pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I love listening to this program uh, as often as I can. And you just do such a great job. So, well, and I'm learning a thing or two. It's only been 14 years. So I still have a <laughs> lot more to learn. But, Hey, I'll get there. Uh, here's to 14 more. <laughs> All right. So in the first segment, we were talking about how 2009 and 2021 had virtually the same amount of sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet interest rates were dramatically different. Mm-hmm. But here's something else that was dramatically different was the price. Yep. And to go back to the rates to show you that dramatically different. Rates in 2009 were six and a half, maybe even 7%. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to get a loan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, three years earlier, it was way too easy. That's right. And the pendulum swung all the way the other way, and it became way too hard. For most of 2021, rates were in the mid to high twos. Now they're in the low threes, Yep. uh, if not three. Yep. 
And um, so, but, but here's a, a, a big difference too. I'm going to give you the median sales price uh, of those two years. So in 2009, prices kind of bottomed out there at 149000 for the median. And for 2021, it was 360. Gosh, that's incredible. You know, I'd be interested to know, and, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can get everyone this stat on an, on another show. But because interest rates have such a profound effect on uh, on somebody's monthly payment, I wonder how much uh, I wonder how much difference there would have been. You know, if you went out and got a mortgage on a hundred forty nine thousand dollar house at seven percent versus a mortgage on a three hundred sixty thousand dollar house at call it two and a half percent surely your uh, your monthly payment would be higher but i'll bet it wouldn't be as much higher as people think i mean that that is a really significant difference and it tells some of the story i think uh as to why prices have done what they've done i mean people just have so much more purchasing power uh with rock bottom interest rates yeah, and off, I have a calculator that's called an off-the-top-of-my-head calculator. Oh, really? Does Texas Instruments make that, or who, who produces Is that Casio? <laughs> Casio. I think that was somebody in our family. That, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but I'm going to agree. I'm going to say that um, on a, on a $250,000 home, I'll bet it's less than $300 difference in I'm going to try to uh, text a loan officer right now to get me that information. There you go. So uh, stay tuned on the show, and, and we're going to get that for you. Sounds um, good. Okay, so I, I talked about the median price, and yeah, and, and so in the median for Fresno County in 2021 was 360000 and yet the average price was 401000 What is the difference between average price and median price and this when is should a, they be used? Yeah, this is a perfect example of how you can make stats kind of tell whatever story you want uh, so long as you know how to use them. If you take a big, you know, a huge data set and you just want to know what is the absolute average, take, you know, add up every number in the data set and divide by the total numbers, there's your average. The problem with taking numbers that way. I hardly ever look at the average of anything because you it gets badly distorted, especially when you're looking at, at data like real estate data where there can be extreme outliers. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some stats from Fresno and Clovis last year. You know, we had a uh, the highest sold price of a home in Fresno was 3050000 in Clo in uh, I'm sorry, that was in Clovis. In Fresno, it was three million nine hundred fifty thousand. So, you take uh, if you take that uh, if you take those outliers, they're going to drive up that average price so much. When it comes to real estate, I never look at average uh, at average prices. I always look at median prices. Now you take that same data set and you just grab the number that's in the dead middle of it. Uh, so that way you know, yeah, okay, there's a $3.9 million sale in there. It doesn't drag, uh, it doesn't, you know, if you look at the 5,885 homes that were sold in Fresno, uh, it's not going to drag that number up uh, because of those outliers. So 
the median takes out the outliers, and I find it to be a much more useful metric uh, when looking at these data sets. Is there a time that we should use average, maybe if, it, if the data set isn't as big? Uh, well, actually, I would say the opposite. The bigger the data set, the more useful an average is that, you know, this is going to sound weird, but times when it, when using an average would be helpful are like uh, uh, if you're, you know, looking at the number of hits that a baseball player gets because every hit counts for the same, you know. Uh, but when you're using dynamic numbers that are, uh, that have extreme outliers, uh, it just, using averages can get really hairy. So, uh, that's a good analogy, the, the hits yeah. in baseball. So you got a guy that's batting 400, but he only had 10 at-bats and got four hits compared to a guy that had 100 at-bats. Yep. Yeah. I'd, I'd, ta I'd take the guy who's batting 300 with 100 at-bats over the guy who's batting 400 with uh, 10 at-bats, that's for sure. Okay, fair enough. Um, what What other stats do you like to look at so that you can kind of see where the market's going? I like to look at uh, month supply of inventory. And, um, you know, to me, that's kind of the purest, uh, the purest indicator of where we are right now. Um, if you could look at month supply of listings, you could look at month supply of pending inventory, all kinds of things like that. But, you know, if you just look at the number of sales that are out there, well, you're missing half the half the battle. You're only looking at supply, or you're only looking at demand. Month supply of inventory, which is, you know, sorry to use a technical real estate term, it's pretty simple. If we stopped listing houses today, but people kept buying houses at the same rate that they've been buying houses, how many months would it take us to run out of houses? I love that stat because it tells both the supply and demand side of the story. So uh, that's. That is usually uh, what I look at. And then I like to look at days on market, uh, the velocity at which the market is moving. So um, I can kind of get a feel for where prices are going to be going by looking at the days on market. The lower the days on market, the better chance that prices are going up. The higher the days on market, better chances that prices are softening and sellers may have to uh, re refigure their expectations perhaps. I'm glad you brought up days on the market because that was always one of my pet peeves back in a normal market. Sure. People would say, well, how many days has it been on the market? And I'd say, well, it's been on here 56 days. Mm -hmm. So how do you interpret that? I mean, it, it, it was too ambiguous. Well, not how only that, but back in the day, you know, the MLS wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. So you might say, well, it's been on the market 56 days, and a, and a buyer says, oh, my goodness, well, I, I smell blood in the water. Let's lowball them. But what you didn't tell them is they lowered the price by $60,000 five days ago. You know, mm -hmm. So really, it's only been on the market for five days at this price. You know? Right. So, right. And that's all that matters. Um, you make it sound like it was so long ago <laughs> back in the day. But um, – Days on the market really does mean something now because there's not that Okay, so the average in Fresno and Clovis is around one week. Right, right. Uh, so I guess if it uh, slows down to two weeks, yeah. that's doubling. I'm, I've 
told friends and family members, you know, just kind of giving them loose advice on uh, when they go to sell their homes, you know, if you don't have an offer in hand after two weeks or so, and it used to be, you know, no big deal. Don't even think about lowering a price until after a month. But now, you know, if it were my house, I would be thinking about a price reduction after a week of not having an offer. And I would be hell bent on a price reduction after two weeks because that, you know, the market just moves so fast now uh, in this kind of overheated, uh, overheated market that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you, you've got to make some change. Yep. It, even if it's redoing your pictures, maybe, maybe you didn't mow the lawn when they, right. the photographer came right. out there. Um, maybe you weren't all the way ready. Yep. Got to make some changes if you've, and I always tell my clients, 10 days or 10 showings. Yeah. If we have 10 showings and nobody's made an offer and no one's called me back to say, hey, tell me about that new listing. That's right. Then I know I'm in trouble and we need to make some changes. I always love it when sellers say, why would I lower the price? I've had 42 showings. And, you know, we tell people, well, then you've had 40 people, 42 people say that your price is too high because we don't have any offers in hand. So. Right. Because what they saw and what the price was, was disconnected. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like, hey, congratulations. You've got an interesting house that a lot of people want to see, but, you know, no one's, uh, no, no one's biting, you know. So let's say a home's gone two weeks, no offers, two showings. Mm-hmm. What are the changes other than price that a seller can make yeah. with their agent? Good question. A big one is how the house is staged, you know, uh, and sellers, God bless, uh, God bless sellers. It's such a difficult thing. I've sold some, some of my houses over the years that I've been living in. And, you know, you think that every piece of furniture, every piece of art, every family photo is precious to you and as it should be. But when you go to market a house, you might have to change the look of your house to be more appealing to everyone else. So that's that's low-hanging fruit is just declutter, make it more showing-friendly. Um, obviously, get it as clean as you can. I, I think that there is some magical, uh, uh, magical psychotic powers in a fresh coat of paint. Even the smell of a fresh coat of paint does wonders for a house. So there are all kinds of little things that you can do. Uh, to, to, you know, drum up interest in the absence of early interest. Paint is always one of the best things you can do. And I think what it is, people are moving because they want a fresh new start. Yeah. They want a, a, a fresh beginning. Well, that fresh coat of paint fits the bill. I always used to say that the smell of carpet glue smelled like a sale to me, you know, because there's something about that feeling of walking into a place that you know is clean and fresh. And I just knew if there was fresh carpet glue, my buyer was going to like that house, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, I, and <clears throat> often I tell people to follow the 25% rule. Lay it on me. Okay. So the difference, it, there's a difference between how you live and how you market a home. Mm. And how you market a home is usually with 25% less items hmm. than what you would live in a home with. Yep. So, for example, when you live in a home, you got your kid's report card on the refrigerator. Yeah. When you market the home, don't let them know we That's got right. a C-. That's right. 
Yep. C minus A plus. They still don't want to see it, I can assure you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that, we are going to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Right. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And we have the uh, the coach here. That would be J.P. Shamshoyan, uh, the CEO of Realty Concepts, also a past president of the Fresno Association Realtors in yeah. 2019. Yep. Um, I followed you in 2020 with a little cleanup. Uh, no, not really. Hey, I, uh, there, there was plenty to clean up. Uh, there, and you, you timed it just right. You, uh, you, let's see, what were the two years that you were president of the association, Don? 2008 and Uh 2020. So let me get this straight. Financial crash and COVID. (laughs) I, I think maybe that ought to be the last time, uh, you get elected president. I'm not sure, but. Hey, I know how to bring it out. I guess so. I guess so. I don't think I've even told this to uh, you before, JP, mm-hmm. but here's something very funny that happened in 2019. As When you were the president, you came up with a committee to uh, or a working group to look at all the things that the Fresno Association of Realtors does and clean it up. I mean, if there's things that no one used anymore, wasn't working anymore, yep. clean it up, get rid of it, and so we, we had room to grow. You made a strategic error. You Mm. put me on the working group. (laughs) And most of those things you wanted to clean up were the things I came up with in 2008. (laughs) uh, 11 years is a long time. A lot of time passes, you know. Uh, A lot of time passes. So one of them was I had this brilliant idea that we invest like $150 for a key machine. So that is a member service we could we could make keys but then i think the last key in 2019 the last key that was made was in 2016 well you know what are you going to (laughs) do but it's like all right well we already paid for the machine that's true so we ended up keeping it you probably walked away from that meeting thinking dang all that time and effort and we only got rid of one thing but it was worth it for that one thing all right worth it for that one thing well um you have some explaining to do there yes while we while we went away i was talking about the difference between the difference in someone's monthly payment between the median priced house or the average priced house in uh, no the median priced house in 2021 versus 2009 you know we all think that oh man prices have gone crazy and they have but i want to point out to uh, to my friends here like don said the median price in 2009 was 149,000 dollars it's gone all the way up to $360. Back then, interest rates, let's call them 7%. And last year, let's call them 2.5%. Well, here's the interesting thing. If you had an 80% loan to value, so you're, you, know, you go out and get a $360,000 house, you're going to borrow $288,000. Borrowing $288,000 at 2.5%, your principal and interest payment each month, would have been just under $1,150. Now go back to 2009. Your principal and interest payment on the debt from a $149,000 house would have been just under $800. So there's really only about a $350 difference in the payment 
on a median priced house at two and a half percent and three hundred and sixty thousand versus seven percent and one hundred and forty nine thousand. So it just goes to show you how, how big of a an impact those interest rates have on purchasing power and on prices. Very interesting. And if you were to get a loan now, you're also getting a 30 year fixed rate. Yeah. So you know what your housing cost is going to be in the year 2037. Absolutely. Despite inflation, yep. despite economic collapse, anything else that could happen, you have a stable, secure future. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. You know, I, I don't know about any of the listeners, but the, I have found a direct correlation between my, the health of my real estate portfolio and my kind of mental and emotional health because when I feel like I'm in a good position for my financial future, it takes off so much stress from my day-to-day. You know, it's like, well, no matter how this meeting goes or no matter how this, you know, whatever goes, I know that I'm not going to be destitute. That's a pretty good feeling, you know. Uh, it's a, it, it just relieves a lot of stress and anxiety. So, mm-hmm. You know, and nothing against those landlords or housing providers, as I like to call them, but occasionally they need to raise rents Yeah. Um, just to keep up with inflation. That's right. The market, whatever. So they're not being bad guys. No. Um, Oh, I know somebody's out there thinking, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so was, he gouged me. Yeah. Well, okay, may, there are incidents or, or or one or two examples out there. Yep. But for the most part, um, those housing providers have to, you know, taxes go up. Yeah. Here's a good one. Insurance has really gone up. Boy, has it. Yes, it has. Um, I just Utility had to— bills, re- everything. You know, it all goes— no, nothing uh, nothing is standing still right now, that's for sure. I just had to replace a fence uh, on one side of the house. Okay. Um, I got a bid, I think it was in April. Yep. And then the other neighbor said, well, let's wait a month or two. I need to this. So we waited two months later that's to replace that same fence. It went up about 25%. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, we are we're building some duplexes uh, out on uh, uh, we call it New Sunnyside out uh, out off of uh, Jensen and Minnewawa and uh, call it 18 months ago 12 to 18 months ago we got a bid from our contractor to build our 2,000 square foot duplex and then we got another one mm, four months ago or so. On a 2,000-square-foot duplex, the, pr- the price to build it, just to build it, had gone up $72,000 in 18 months. Now, granted, that was during the worst of the lumber shortage and all that kind of stuff, but it just goes to show you, you know, when you think that somebody's gouging you, you got to remember they may, be getting, they, they may be getting gouged on the other end of it, you know? Yeah. And that's not our contractor that's gouging it. That's just a reflection of what the commodity prices have done. So... You know, it's all very complex out there right now. Ah, it, it is. And, and a lot of that is just, you know, uh, the value of the dollar changes. That's right. I remember a long time ago, minim, my first job, minimum wage, dollar sixty-five an hour. Wow. And, and you were worth every penny or, or almost worth every penny. Yeah, except for the time that uh, I, 
I turned the clock forward about 45 minutes so we could go home early. Oh, well, that's okay. Oh, man. I, my boss, who is the nicest guy in the world, he chewed me out so bad the next day, and I think I deserved it. You should have given him a dollar and said, here's the dollar that I owe you for the for for, for leaving 40 minutes early. Yeah. You know. Well, it was better than all the hard labor he, he made me do for the so. next month. I guess so. But I, I've never done that since. Nope. Good man. All right. Now, we've given you numbers between uh, 2009 and 2021. Pick a year in between there, and I'm going to give you the median price. A number between which years? Uh, 2009 and 2021. Okay. How about 2017? The median price in 2017 was right at 250000 Incredible. Okay. Yeah. So it's gone up a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars yep. in um, those five years. Yep. Incredible. So I think real estate's a good investment. And do you remember what I said at that awards thing about the million dollar sales? No. Oh. Okay. So I'll have to tell it. I don't remember anything about my life. You know this about me. Yeah, that's true. You should pay attention once in a while, JP. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So all these people were getting awards for selling $10 million. Oh, you're talking about that awards thing. Yes, of course. Yes, I do. You told me that you told the whole crowd that you remember the day when you'd have to sell 25 homes just to make it into the million dollar club, uh, which is, is now, you know, if you're make, if you're selling a million dollars worth of real estate, you're not having that great of a year, but back in the day, that was a heck of a heck of a year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is proof that real estate is a good investment over time. Because in one lifetime, and, and I'm not even done with it, God yeah. willing. Um, look at that. I mean, you go from an average sales price of forty, forty-five thousand to an average sales price of three sixty. Incredible. Yeah. Or median price, excuse me. There you go. Well, I mean, look, back in the day, there were a couple billion people uh, on this. I was watching this David Attenborough, My Life special, and, you know, it's very high-quality documentary, and it says, you know, the year that he was born, there was like 2.8 billion people on the planet. Now there's something like 8 billion people, right? Well, to my knowledge, they haven't made any more planet and they keep on making more people. So, uh, you know, I, I've done my part. I've had my kids, you know, it, but we keep on making more people and more people and more people, and we're not making any more dirt. And we live in a state where they, you know, where the powers that be continuously make it harder and harder to build housing. So, you know, there are going to be, uh, there are going to be fluctuations. Most of the time, they're minor fluctuations. Sometimes they might be major fluctuations, like in 2007, 8, and 9. Long term, they, there cannot be, uh, unless there's a hu- you know, God forbid, there's some huge uh, drop in the population or a huge difference in the way that we all live and cohabitate or whatever. Barring those two changes, real estate prices will continue to go up. They, they can't not go up because our demand is increasing and our supply is fixed. So, you know. I hate to tell you this, JP, but we did, in 2020, we had a major shift in how we live. 
We had a major shift in where we work, how we work. Indeed. And what happened to real estate? It went nuts. And I have to tell you that, you know, Fresno would be considered either a tertiary market or a secondary market. But, you know, they're in real estate, they're primary markets, secondary markets, tertiary markets. Okay, no one cares. Anyways, my point is this. Places like Fresno are having a boom all around the country right now as people are are untethered from their desks in big cities. They're moving to places where they can still afford to live. And in, in California, we're one of the last places people have got. So, you know, if someone asked me, man, why, why did we go from uh, an, a median price of 305 in 2020 or 276 in 2019 all the way up to 360 in 2021? Well, yeah, the real estate market's gone up a little bit since then, but not that much everywhere in the country. We have been, uh, you know, obviously COVID's such a horrible thing, but we've been blessed here on the real estate front because for the first time in my lifetime, Fresno is where it's at. I mean, Fresno is a happening place that people are moving to in droves. And so it's a great time to, uh, great time to sell real estate here. That's for sure. Okay. Hang on to those thoughts. We're going to another commercial break, but when we get back, we got more of this. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 AM. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Mr. J.P. Shamshoyan, the CEO and uh, the guy that runs everything out at Realty Concepts and uh, a locally owned company. And speaking of locally owned, I'm going to give you some other statistics that mean a whole lot to the community. Blame on me. Okay, here we go. So in Let's go to, well, we've been using 2009 kind of as a benchmark. Sure. So in 2009, and if you remember, there were a lot of foreclosures. Oh, yeah. So the sellers were located in Dallas, Texas yep. or Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. They weren't very, not a whole lot of the sellers were here locally. Right. Uh, even though we had 9,400 sales, it only amounted to 1.6% billion dollars in um, dollar volume so 1.6 billion went to the sellers and and a lot of those were banks that weren't located here right so a lot of money left the community over a billion dollars left fresno county yep now fast forward to 2021 same amount of sales you know right at 9400 but there was $3.77 billion worth of dollar volume. And most of those sellers were local, yep. very few foreclosures. I think there was 30 of them last yep. year. And that allowed people to buy other things, uh, maybe another home, yep. maybe a new car. It, it, the money stayed local. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know about you, Don, but I am so excited and enthusiastic about the the near-term future of Fresno. Um, I just, I, I feel like I'm at the right place at the right time uh, to just watch this city take off. Um, and you're, you were right in the last segment. We've, we've had such a massive cultural change here. 
because of COVID and, you know, for as disastrous as COVID has been and, and for as much sadness and, and disruption as it's caused, um, places like Fresno, I think, are going to come out of it, um, uh, certainly not better off than they were because of the loss of life and everything, but um, but we are, uh, the, the time has come for places like Fresno to kind of uh, step to the uh, step up and, and level up, and, and I just can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Fresno certainly going to have the spotlight on it after all these years of I being so. going back. And this was before your time, JP. That's not a poke at your youth or anything no, like that's that. Okay. It's all right. But Johnny Carson used to make fun of oh, Fresno. Yeah. yeah, on his show. Yeah, and of course he was in downtown Burbank. Sure. Hey, I got news for you, by the way. I'm 36 years old. I wake up in the morning. I, I mean, I know that that's still relatively young to however old you might be but you know 30s i'm no spring chicken anymore man i i'm sore in the mornings well i hate to tell you this jp it gets worse <laughs> i i think yeah I, know. I was telling somebody the other day 67 is the new 90 <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great all right so let put on your check out your crystal ball let's sure. see what's your forecast for the fresno market let's say in 2027 so five years from now hmm. right now we're at 360,000 where do you think it'll be in that and, and by the way you can't be right or wrong on this because who who knows yeah it, it's like my real estate finance instructor show uh back when I was at Fresno State did this long mathematical calculation to show us why interest rates would never go below 12 percent again yeah yeah, I don't he was think wrong. that worked out very well. Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, it's impossible to know and there are so many there are so many variables that uh there are so many variables and you know, one thing that the listeners should know about me is I I'm never going to be a uh I am never going to uh blow smoke about issues even though I'm in the real estate industry and it's in my best interest to say, oh, I think prices will be at a million dollars in five years. There are, I can attest to this. that sometimes you're depressing. I know. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. But, uh, the, the truth is that there are things that I, as I just said, that there are things that are, are really exciting that are happening in Fresno. There are also some things that are concerning, you know, if we don't get our water situation figured out, uh, so much of our economy is agriculture dependent. And so, you know, you, it's easy to think about, well, what about the farmers? And well, I think just as much about, you know, what about the ag insurance brokers? What about the fertilizer salesmen? What about those folks? If, if those jobs start to come into question, uh, you know, it has a trickle down effect through the whole economy. So there are reasons that I am a little bit, that there are reasons to be concerned if you want to be concerned. But what I see is, the state of California getting more and more unaffordable because other municipalities have made it impossible to build housing. Everybody still wants to live in California or enough people still want to live in California that we need housing. Fresno is one of the few places where you can afford to be. We've got, uh, we've got great new job sectors coming online and really, you know, I think that we are going to potentially become a, a kind of a little, a small tech hub 
for companies where maybe they don't want to pay, you know, uh, maybe they don't want to pay $100 a month uh, per square foot for a place in Silicon Valley. So they'll come here and pay, you know, $6 a month per square foot or, or whatever. And so I think that we might see more of those kind of white collar jobs come into Fresno. All that to say, if I had to guess, if you really forced me to put a number on it, I think that we'll be north of $500,000 as our average sales price or median sales price. Uh, I think that both of them will be north of $500,000 five years from now. I really do. And even if I could say just one more thing, and actually I think that you taught me this. Yes, interest rates are probably going to be higher five years from now. And God willing, they will be, because I got news for you. If interest rates are higher five years from now, it means that the economy is really strong. The re remember, the reason that interest rates have stayed so low was to spur on the economy as we got through COVID. So if interest rates are a lot higher five years from now, it'll mean that the economy has regained its footing. Uh, but remember, there are going to be people who are trapped in their houses by their interest rates. And, and Don, like I said, you taught me this a number of years ago. If someone's in a if someone is in their house at a two and a half percent interest rate that they got back in 2021, and now it's 2024 and rates are at four and a half percent, they're they are very unlikely to leave their old interest rates, and so the effect that that's going to have, unfortunately, and this is scary for uh, a real estate broker, I'm worried that we will have even less inventory five years from now than we do now. So that's bad on the real estate broker side of things, but it does mean, again, limited inventory, uh, fixed or increasing demand, prices are going to go up. And I remember that conversation with you where I said, we're going to have a shortage of homes for sale because people are not going to want to leave those low interest rates. But this is where I was conceptually right, but I ended up being wrong. <laughs> that, because that interest was, rates were at like 3.5%, and, and you no, were like, what are we going to do when they go to that, 5%? That conversation was three or four years ago. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> interest rates went lower, and um, so the concept is right. That's right. Just I was wrong. It just goes to show you, you have no, you know, none of us have any idea. If in 2019, when we were forecasting, who could have ever known that, that COVID was going to be a thing? You know, no one ever knew. So there's a lot of life to live between now and 2027. <laughs> That's right. And um, give me your best real estate advice. Oh, man. My best real estate advice, and this is going to sound mushy, is to love the home that you live in. I mean, you know, uh, people more and more seem to be thinking about real estate as a, a, a business thing or a uh, as an asset. And it is, and it's appropriate to think of it that way. But uh, your home is such an important part of who you are. It's such an important part of, of uh, your security in life and your happiness in life. And I would encourage people, you know, if you want to build an investment portfolio, great. Treat that like a business. But treat your home like a home. It's a place where you raise your family, where you come together with loved ones. Um, and, and fall in love with your home, you know, whatever it takes to do that. Right. And whether that home be 1,000 square feet or 4,000 square feet, love it. Absolutely. Because that is where you live. That's where you raise your family and where you're going to make memories. I've seen a lot of happy people in 1,000-foot homes, and I've seen a lot of unhappy people 
in 4,000 foot homes. Right. It's not about the house. It's about what's in it. And often we talk about appreciation of one's home. Let's not put it that let's focus on how you appreciate the home you live in, not necessarily the dollar amount. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. Well, J.P. Shamshoyan, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and helping us out. And hopefully our listeners out there got a few nuggets from you. So, hey, thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor. And uh, and keep up the great work here, man. Uh, love, what, love what we have going on here. All right. Thank you, J.P. Thank you to all our listeners. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye for now.